0: And welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick, both in business and in life. I'm your host Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Today, I'm on with Bobby Carlton, who is the founder of Carlton PR, as well as Innovation Women, Innovation Nights, and the publisher of the New Lioness Magazine. Welcome, Bobby.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much. We were joking before the podcast that um, I'm amazed you had time to come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Friday afternoons. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: right. You've been busy. Tell us a little bit about what inspired Carlton PR and some of these other ventures. Got going.
1: Yeah. So um, I usually tell people I have three jobs, you know, the yes. day job which is Carlton PR marketing, Uh, the night job, which is mass innovation nights and the dream job, which is innovation women. And, you know, it all kind of started back in 2008 when uh, the economy fell off a cliff and Uh I didn't have a job. So I had to improvise one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, and before you, um, before you started and created these pieces, where were you working beforehand?
1: So my background was heavily public relations. Um, Mm -hmm. I headed up global PR for a couple of big enterprise software companies, public companies. I worked for a couple of agencies, and then I joined a startup. So it was the startup that ran out of money in 2008.
0: Gotcha. So you you began your own startup with you at the helm.
1: Yes. It's like, (laughs) ooh, I was infected by the startup bug. (laughs)
0: And the idea of not being um, laid off again, correct?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing. <laughs> right,
0: right. So well, I found you actually through Innovation Women. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how that got started and why it's your dream and passion project.
1: Absolutely. I ended up because of Innovation Nights. I was invited to all these conferences and events. And, you know, I'd sit in the audience and look at the stage and say, where are the women? Uh, Right. What I saw on stage was always what I call the all male, all pale, and all stale panels. (laughs) So you have the same people over and over again.
0: That is great. I love that line.
1: So I was like, hey, let's get the women on stage too.
0: Yes. And so really what Innovation Women is, is a community of women. And it's kind of a clearinghouse, correct, for the different events and speaker opportunities for females? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what we do is we connect event managers with awesome speakers who just happen to be women. And we provide a whole database of calls for speakers that our speakers can apply for.
0: Okay. Well, I love this idea. And, you know, I've just dipped my toe just this last year into public speaking. And I too have noticed that there are not enough females anywhere on these panels or in these speaker rooms. So what do you think it is? Why do you think these are so male dominant when we go to these conferences?
1: Well, there are a number of factors. Number one, event managers look around and they see the people who are visible. They see the people who are quoted in the media. They see the people who are speaking at other events. And there's like a perpetuation of the same people over and over again. Yes. When I do my definitely notice that, you know, male, pale, and stale. (laughs) The stale actually (laughs) refers to the fact that you keep hearing the same people over and over again. Because event managers, they're nervous. They want to make sure it's a good show. So, you know, hey. Bob, Bob is great. I've seen Bob a million times. Yes. I know Bob. Everybody knows Bob.
0: I'll bring in Bob.
1: Like, we're tired of (laughs) Bob.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, and even in the application process, they say, what, you know, what conferences have you spoke at before? Can you send some links, show us a video? So it's almost like if you haven't been part of one or you're just starting out, it's a really difficult circle to get into.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons that we started this summer doing a program. Uh we're working with an app called Answer Stage. Mm-hmm. And Answer Stage allows our speakers to download an app and then do short introductory videos so the event managers oh. can see them in action, especially with this new virtual world that we're dealing yes. with.
0: We should actually talk about that. What I mean what a change, right? First of all, (laughs) and I've actually done both. So I've done live speaking and virtual speaking this last year. I love the energy from a live room. It's really difficult with a virtual one to kind of get a a feel for the room. What do you think about that? What do you think of the live versus virtual situation?
1: Yeah. So event managers really just had three choices this year. It was cancel, cancel, postpone and somewhat indefinitely.
0: And go out of business. (laughs) Yeah. And go virtual.
1: So boy, go virtual looks like a great option. Right. And there are some absolutely amazing platforms and some nice little benefits for not having to go somewhere and get access to the same information and the same speakers. And yeah. Yeah, hanging out at home with your feet up and your fuzzy slippers, <laughs> not bad. Right. I don't know about you, but I've been to many a conference where I'm practically crippled at the end of the day if you know right. like walking six miles <laughs> through a conference center with cement floors, right?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think my key step count for a day. One time was 35,000 steps, which uh, who knows how many miles that is, like a ridiculous amount. I think it it equates to like 12 miles or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, every year I used to go to South by Southwest, still one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. And I mean, you know, I'm probably doing 10 miles of walking a day.
0: Yes, I mean, if nothing else, it keeps us fit, right? Maybe the virtual <laughs> conferences—that's like the bad side benefit.
1: Yeah, but if you know, if you're thinking about being a speaker, yeah, if you are a speaker and you're used to being live on stage, you probably did a lot of audience interaction, right? You probably were a bit feeding off that audience energy, so going virtual may be a little bit of an adjustment for you. Uh, and if you start thinking more like a DJ where maybe mm-hmm. you don't see the audience, but you're still talking to them, you might have a better program that you're doing if you think about it that way.
0: I do like that. And you know, the one of the things I've done personally to help kind of counteract that is panels because then you get to really feed off of the other people that are on the panel as well. So that yeah. helps quite a bit.
1: Absolutely, I was on a panel a few weeks ago where yeah. the organizer was like, "All right, you know, we're the panel that's talking about partnering, and so we're all going to wear cowboy hats." I'm like, oh, "You know no. what? No, good for you. <laughs> it was fun. I don't
0: think it's good for you. I'm saying no. <laughs> I, I, you know what?
1: We certainly stood out among all the other event panels."
0: I'm sure you did. I remember I went to a conference. Now, this was quite a while ago, but there was um, this was a marketing firm. I don't know if they had a speaker slot, but every part of everyone who was a part of this team that was at the conference was wearing these huge blue furry hats. (laughs) <laughs> and you almost could not miss them. And they created the biggest buzz at the conference from these hats. Sure. And I was thinking, wow, that, that is brilliant, you know, just to do something like that that's outside of the, the norm. It gets everyone's attention.
1: Yeah, many years ago, I was, um, when I was with Cognos, actually, we had these absolutely neon tie dye shirts <laughs> that we all wore. And they right. had big happy faces on the front. Yeah, And people were all day long like, oh my God, where'd you get that shirt? I need that shirt. I'm like, this right. is mine. I really yeah. need it for my <laughs> uniform for the booth.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got tired of seeing the polo shirts, right? The golf yeah. and polo shirts that are everywhere at these events.
1: Absolutely. Well, as- but I do but I, I do want to go back to like the, the being virtual. Yeah. And as an event manager, if you are picking speakers – I think a lot of the speakers still have these stage presence videos showing themselves on stage yes. and now they have to think a little bit differently in terms of being a speaker. You need to think about being your own producer. Mm. Do you have the right equipment? Do you have a good webcam? Do you have a strong internet connection? Yes. Do you understand the technology that you're working with? Do you have a good microphone?
0: I think that's so true. I mean, for instance, I was on a panel in April. Well, I was moderating a panel in April at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I look back on that video and have to laugh because I'm literally in a shadow the entire time. You know, I didn't have the correct lighting. I'm pretty sure I didn't have a microphone. I think I was just using the audio. And here I am presenting. I I was basically moderating (laughs) this panel. And so I think you're so true. And I also think and you can provide some information on this, I would imagine it's a different presenting style as yeah. well, virtual versus live. Absolutely. You, you
1: still need to have energy. You still have to have great content. You still need to know who's in the audience so that you are able to address what their concerns are, their pains, uh-huh. their problems. You need to think about how that audience is also receiving your message.
0: Yes, I completely agree. And I'd, I'd like to actually take us back a little bit. Do you think right now, if people are just looking into getting the speaking gig, so now let's take the step of a female leader who's done some articles, she's kind of put the feelers out there, and now she feels like she's ready for the next step, which is applying for some speaking um some speaking engagements. Uh-huh. Do you think it's easier now that we're virtual to get those, or is it about the same? You know,
1: I think it's harder in some respects because you're not running into the opportunities mm-hmm. in the wild. Yeah. So I think for a lot of maybe startup founders and mid-level executives, they're out there talking, conversing with people, networking in the before times, right. and now they do feel a little bit like they're alone. So they have to go more through the formal channels, and you have to know what the formal channels are. You have to know that the basic currency of applying for a conference is often through the formal call for speakers. Right. And you have to know kind of like what those channels are.
0: Well, I'd love some advice from you on, you know, not only the channels, but as you are going through the application process, some kind of best practices or missteps that you've seen from speakers that are just dipping their toe into the waters.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people get very focused on what their own goals are. Yes. And so they think about, oh, it's it's time that we launch our company. And it's time that we launch this new product. And, you know, I have to hit my sales goals this quarter. Mm-hmm. So they tend to think more about their own goals when they're applying for speaking opportunities. So they get a little bit wrapped up in themselves yeah. instead of looking at what the audience needs. And so if you're applying for a speaking engagement or a conference, You want to look at what the audience needs first Mm -hmm. and then how you can meet those needs.
0: I love that idea. And I think the other thing that comes up a ton is just the titles, right? Just trying (laughs) to find the right title that doesn't sound like every other thing that's listed in the program.
1: Yeah, and I think people on the other side of that fence yeah. go a little crazy on the creative. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, you find some people are like, I have no idea what this this talk will be about. It's so creative. And So you need to walk that very fine line between a little bit of creativity and yes. a little bit of life to it, a little bit of sparkle. But don't go so nuts that people are going, I have no idea what this is going to be about.
0: That is so funny. Cause I saw one just the other day that said running from bears and it was at like a tech conference <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, okay, on the one hand I may actually go to this to figure like, what are they talking about? But on the other, again, what are they talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. And the
1: law of true. two feet, you know, in in virtual world, it's yeah. very easy to leave that talk if you discover that it's not something you have any interest in.
0: You know what? You are so right. I haven't thought about that. But from a virtual perspective, it's so much easier to just click out of the screen than get up and interrupt the speaker in order to walk out the door. Or so, suddenly have
1: to do your email.
0: yes you're so right. Have you seen anything about that in terms of the numbers? I hadn't ever really thought about that.
1: I think that, you know, if you look at things like RSVPs and things like that for, uh, especially for free events, you know, it's very easy for me to click on a button and RSVP for an event, especially if it's free and then never show up. Right. But also it's very easy. I think, um, it's been a while since I've looked at the data, but Mm -hmm. the number of people who are doing other things
0: while they are at a virtual conference is very high. Oh, I'm sure. Just even the way I, I mean, I feel like I can't focus on one thing when I'm supposed to be working. (laughs) So if I'm just listening to a conference, I mean, I'm probably doing five different things.
1: Absolutely. And I think there are some conferences and events that do a fabulous job of preparing you mentally to Mm -hmm. set the other things aside, to focus on the content. They talk a lot about value. They have a great message up front in terms of being able to focus on this for your own benefit.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. In fact, I was having this discussion with a friend the other day. She was saying, I was in this multi-day-long training class, and they recommended no one turn their cameras off, but she was yeah. like, you know, like, I'm eating. I don't want people seeing me eating a salad or, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Like we are in this really interesting time right now, where how much engagement do you need, and how much is like just way too much of a peek into someone's personal life?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a backdrop that I use when I'm on camera. Yeah, so people don't see, you know, like the yard sale practically, right. you know, behind <laughs> me in my little tiny office.
0: Right. Well, let's skip here because you have, as I mentioned before, you have three different jobs going at the same time, as well as I'm sure a myriad of things going on in your home life. And one of the things I really focus on with careering is I just think it's so interesting how women are keeping all of these roles together. And let me mention that when I started careering, it was January of last year. So this was even before, you know, COVID brought in, ushered in hundreds of new roles. So how do you kind of make it all work? What do you do to keep it all together? Well,
1: first off, my kids are older. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like I have very small people underfoot. People do. Oh my God, God bless you. Uh, Can you
0: even imagine Same. my kids are 13 and 15. So I'm lucky that they're self, for the most part, self-sufficient at this point.
1: Yeah my my kids are 23 and 18. So oh nice. Going into COVID we had uh two graduating seniors, high school and college. Oh wow. Oh, so that was that was interesting. But yeah. I also I don't know how to even say this because I don't want people throwing things at me, but <laughs> my husband was the stay-at-home parent. Oh, and nice. so you know, like right from the beginning you know, 23 years ago, he wow. stayed home to take care of small baby and I was the working parent. So I sometimes feel like we've got that perfect fifties marriage, just gender swap, just
0: swapped, <laughs> right? which I mean, is a thing in and of itself. And for that to happen 23 years ago, have you seen like a change in people's ideas about what that means for your family in the two decades since you started?
1: Yeah. I mean, at the time we did it, it was earth shattering. Oh my God. A guy who is going to stay home with children. Yeah. I can't imagine. It was really groundbreaking at the time and we really didn't realize it. I think at the time (laughs) we are like, sure, he'll stay home and take care of the kids and I'm going to work. (laughs) I, I had more of a career and he's a musician Who Uh was working in financial services. So it wasn't that he had a career, he had a job. Right. Yes. So I think a lot of people, when they make the decision for one parent to stay home, they make it based on financials, you know, who earns more, who is capable of bringing in more. And because women earn, you know, 80% of what men do if they are at the same places in their career in the same industry. Well, it makes sense that the woman stays home. Right. You know, it doesn't really have much to do with it beyond that.
0: Which is such a shame because most of the women, and especially the women I interview on this podcast, uh, career is a big piece of their self-care. They really enjoy working and they really enjoy hustling. And I think if you take that piece away, it really takes a lot out of their daily passion.
1: Yeah. And I, I loved my job. Um, you know, I was successful at it, very passionate about it. I wasn't an entrepreneur at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's interesting. My older son, you know, knew me when I was a corporate executive and my younger son really only kind of became aware of mommy working when she had her own business. Right. And so the two of them actually see me quite differently. I think from those respects, it's funny.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool to talk to them about because I have worked from home and for myself since both my kids were born. So they really don't know any other way when they talk about like the ability to go with them on field trips all the time or the ability to be the PTA mom while I was working. Until recently, it didn't even occur to them that there was any other way (laughs) we're in the household. Yeah. um, My
1: husband was always the person that was much more involved in school things and extracurriculars. And, you know, even when I had my own business, he was still working part time for home for my businesses Yes, and you know, so he was always available to go and pick up the kids, drop them off. Somebody Ugh. forgot a lunch, right? Appointments, <laughs> all of that. Um, I really do have kind of a charmed little life here. So,
0: well, I love it. Well, based on that, I mean, is there a daily or weekly? Um, you sound very motivated. Like you said, very entrepreneurial. You've got a hundred things happening at once. <laughs> How do you keep yourself motivated. What is it that that allows you to go out and just create all of these things?
1: awesome team. First off, I yes. mean, you know, I wouldn't be able to keep all these balls in the air on my own. Right. Uh, over the summer, the day job and the night job and the dream job got added on to, cause I bought yes. two other companies. Wow. Cause I'm crazy. No, <laughs> 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 the, they were things that fit in so perfectly.
0: Yeah. And well, and it sounds like, like a true entrepreneur, you just enjoy creating right? Creating and building, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: And the two companies that we bought over the summer, one of them was another service for speakers. It's called My Speaker Leads. And it delivers leads to people that are interested in finding more speaking opportunities. Instead of you going out and doing that research, you get a package that's handed to you every week. That's great. And then the second one is Lioness Magazine for yes. female entrepreneurs. So, oh, that makes sense. You know? Fits yeah,
0: fine. absolutely. Well, and I mean, I think just truly, like I said, I, I think I just love that you have all of these things are so focused around female entrepreneurs. So, is there a piece of advice or encouragement that you'd give females who are either looking to take the step into public speaking this next year or really just like taking the next step in their career in terms of putting an article into Lioness or getting a speaking engagement or working their way toward, um, you know, it can be as easy as just working their way toward that next milestone they've set for themselves in their career? Yeah, I'm- I number one join Innovation Women. I mean, yes. you know,
1: even <laughs> if you don't like join, join. Just come in, grab the newsletter. We send yeah. out like five different speaking ops a week. Um, the members get like a hundred, but it's okay, right? You know, you can get <laughs> small. It's all right, and understand. I think what you offer people, even if you are not. You know, 35 years in your career and know everything. Yeah, there are speaking engagements at all levels. You know, you can be doing a small group thing where you are teaching somebody something, right? Um, you're sharing your perspective, your knowledge. One of the first panels that we put together from innovation women was mm-hmm. a panel of millennials talking about how they got their first jobs. Oh, cool. Most of them were still in their first job.
0: Right. We're
1: not talking about, I have 20 years of doing this, so I know everything. So there are so many different opportunities. You just need to look for the right fit for you.
0: Well, I love that advice. And I just, I'm so impressed with everything you have going on right now. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And it sounds like listeners, you can go over to Innovation Women.